0: Hello and welcome to the FFW podcast with me, Andrew Gibney. Joining me this evening is Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hi. All right. Yes, not too bad, thank you. And all the way from Montpellier, we have Philippa Booth. Hi, Philippa.
1: Hi there, bonsoir.
0: <laughs> now, we're here to talk about the uh, aftermath of the international weekend, which I'm starting to quite enjoy now because I have so much less work to do, which is becoming a really good thing. Uh France did beat Italy three one in a friendly in Barry, but that doesn't count. Uh, I actually read a really interesting article about how Wales managed to get themselves up the world rankings by not playing friendlies, which is to me is the way forward. Uh, the game that did count was on Tuesday night as France drew nil nil with Belarus in uh, Borisov, which wasn't the greatest result ever, Jeremy. It was nil nil. They had twenty three shots on goal. I think ten were on target. There was a lot of people on Twitter saying how great a game the Belarus goalkeeper had and, but to me when I was watching back and I tried to watch like every goal scoring opportunity I think any goalkeeper with two working eyes and two working arms pretty much should have saved every one of those shots on target. I th- the biggest chance probably felt is Giroud, he should have done so much better but ultimately it, in one hand it wasn't good enough because you have to test goalkeepers at that level a lot more than they did but maybe on another night do France score one or two and then there's no problem when you get a winning qualifying maybe a bit of rust since it is their first qualifier since 2013
2: I think there's, there's a few mitigating circumstances I think that's one of them, I know they've just come out of a competitive tournament but yeah, it's been a long time since they've played any kind of qualifying, competitive qualifying match And then, yeah, on another day, one of them could have gone in. You know, Giroud's swerve volley against Italy was probably a harder chance than the one he missed. You know, he could conceivably have missed that one and scored this one on another day. And then they relax and they probably run out three or four nil winners. But um, it's not the worst result in the world. They kept a clean sheet, which has been relatively difficult for France recently. Um, And, you know, with a half new defence that's not a bad thing to do um uh, i think that the main frustration actually was probably the first half i think there was one one of the reports in Lekip said that if you're only going to play a half for half the match then you're giving yourself half the chance of, half the chance of winning it um the second half they were dominant they did have chances um but the first half was pretty much a, a no show and you know if you're only going to a team's gonna one team's coming to defend a nil-nil you need you, there's a good chance you need to attack for 90 minutes not 45 to, to ultimately break them down
0: yeah it, took, yeah it took about 60 minutes to actually test uh, the goalkeeper properly uh, there was a few long range efforts from Pogba it just it, it just seemed a little bit flat-filled didn't it
1: yeah I think so and when you, I thought it, you know, the early doors. It looked quite promising, as Steve Mandanda ended up in midfield within about five minutes. But that first half was, you know, problematic, and they did pick it up. It. Kind of feels like a rocket was put up them at half time, um, because a lot of the the shots, the chances did come in the second half. But again, when you're looking at long range efforts from Rafael Varane, as being you know decent goal scoring chances, that is also problematic. But I think when you look at say Belarus's uh, Euro qualifying campaign, where of course they didn't get through, they managed to you know come fourth in a group with with Luxembourg. And drew with them so it's you know it was obvious in a sense how they were going to set up I think in Euro qualifying they scored eight in ten matches and conceded 14 they were clearly going to just be men behind the ball and and try to stop anything bad happening and yeah Gorbanov was was good um, I don't think it was quite the state of grace match some people are calling it but he did what he needed to do definitely and yeah Yannick and in, in L'Equipe today is saying it was Giroud's fault that France lost which seems a on one hand a little harsh but also kind of kind of reasonable given that they did have so many chances and didn't manage to to get through Yeah, I have, I have, I have
0: the, the... sorry go on now, I said he did have the biggest chance which he didn't even get on target which is the worst part you need to not just yeah you probably should have finished it but you should have also tested the goalkeepers well and that's probably what they didn't do they didn't really test them properly uh, they didn't really make him stretch or anything or make him work or really yeah put in any real top effort to get a clean sheet which is is just not when you have that many shots on goal you expect a little bit for a team. That is what seventy places above Belarus in the rankings, or sixty-seven, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's seven versus seventy.
0: Yeah, in it's the, the rankings. The, yeah. Did Jeremy? We've got a question from from Eric on Twitter. He was asking about versus Sokol, who kind of it was it was four four two on Tuesday. Was Sokol playing on the right? Is he better against the bigger teams when he put, kind of puts in a shift and brings the energy, and you let the other guys do the creating when you're going to have so much of the ball and maybe don't have that same threat,
2: is he the right player for those kind of games? I don't think he's the most creative of players but I don't I don't think the issue with him and arguably with Giroud as well and Griezmann to be fair, I don't think the issue is so much uh, lack of ability or creativity, I think it's a lack of um, playing time this season. I mean Giroud's played 12 minutes for Arsenal, okay he had a you know, decent run out last Friday, but that's still not a lot. Sissoko's been training by himself and hasn't played any club football yet. Mm. Um, been too busy prostituting himself to half the Premier League. Um, Griezmann obviously had an extended break and, and hasn't played too much yet. And I think arguably that showed um, Sissoko, you know what you're going to get. And yeah, I, I'm sort of torn because. Against a team that's setting out to defend, maybe you need a bit more Naus, a bit more of a kind of skillful player, but at the same time, they're also, you know, a big bulky team, and maybe Deschamps thought you also need a bit of muscle in there. And if he's going to mm-hmm. play the 4-2-3-1 the uh, with Griezmann behind Giroud, I suppose it makes sense to to use the personnel that that played to... Played that formation to very good effect in the yeah. Euros, so you know it would be harsh to drop Sissoko on that basis. I think, but I, I do feel that, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that that Giroud miss was the most glaring miss. But I th- you know he I think he's one of several players who underperformed. I think Pogba, as usual, went missing for about yeah. 85 minutes of the match, and actually, as I think. Just as bad as, pretty much as bad as that Giroud miss was, uh, Griezmann's cross to Gamero at the end. I thought it was awful.
0: Yeah, and it was because Gamero tried his best as I get it under control, and this wouldn't come down from. But that was a massive opportunity missed late into his path and finish. And yeah, you want you want better from Griezmann there. Phil, I suppose there's no point in panicking. It is the first qualifier, the first one they played in three years, and they're not in any trouble. But. I suppose we need something something just to monitor and watch and hope that they can improve as the season goes on, as they all get games, as Jeremy said, because how many of these players have played regular football so far. Uh, Do you get any worries about the team from what you saw or is it just to scratch it off, move on and get a six point? Yeah, I
1: think... you know w- w- looking at the shot stats and the fact that they didn't manage to score it was signalled that you know it was the front three as it were Giroud, Martial, Sissoko who were were taken off to try to get something else up there because they were banging their heads against the wall and nothing seemed to be working on another day as Jess says you know it could have been three or four yeah. It, it's all about that kind of frustration and trying to m- make that breakthrough. I think, given the other results, you'd look at Netherlands. I think got the point away at Sweden, yeah. which kind of goes with the form. Obviously, Bulgaria at top because hello Luxembourg. <laughs> it's well, I think it's going to be a tight group um, because there are uh, you know there are good teams in there and and the uh, the qualifying situation is that you 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 have to make sure you you get a good spot so it's going to be that yes this isn't a disaster but it in a sense it can't happen again because if you get off to a bad start then you're chasing things yeah. then things get harder then you're under more pressure cha 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 and so i think it, it's a, it's a case that yeah just wipe it off move on to the next one and uh, and you know they're going to have to to stay focused uh, because it will be, I think, a tight group. This one,
2: I think they um, the other results helped. I think the Sweden Holland draw was was pretty useful, yeah. but it does feel there's nothing to worry about yet. But it does feel like maybe they've blown one of their lives quite early on. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No, the senior team may not be in trouble, but the under twenty one side are in a bit of a pickle. Uh, you may want to get your abacuses <laughs> out or your rosary beads or however you want to count because it's it's a bit it's a bit confusing. It's probably best to go on Wikipedia and look on the, basically, all the top, the group winners go through, uh, four of the second place teams go through, but because there's groups with less teams than the other groups, your results against the bottom teams don't count. So France do have one game left, but that is against Northern Ireland, who are the bottom team. So basically, France's group stage is done. They are in second place behind Macedonia, but Iceland have two games in hand. Uh, who are not against Northern Ireland? They also drew against Northern Ireland, which means even though they did worse, they get less points taken off them. <sighs> it comes down to on uh, the first uh, friendly. It's the first game of the weekend. France lost against the Ukraine, a late goal after a mistake from Issa Diop, who we picked up as Young Player of the Week uh, on our first podcast mm-hmm. of the season. Good job. But to me, when I was watching the goal back, uh, and I was going to praise uh, Jean-Philippe Gammin for his performance from right back uh, against Iceland, but he, just, he, he gave up chasing back. Diop was trying to recover after he gave the ball away, but he didn't really put in a lot of effort to chase back to really save that, that goal. And Despite the really good performance against Iceland, which I thought they were superb, I love watching Rabio and Tolisso together, those two are, are the future. Uh, I was always a bit sceptical on Rabio, I think more because of his attitude, but I, I'm the team team Rabio now, he was superb, the uh, cross for Tolisso's goal, a couple of great shots, but... Jeremy, I think you mentioned on Twitter was it, is this the biggest disaster since the last one when they didn't qualify for the tournament? So much talent in this team, all over the pitch, but again, some silly results. They did draw both games against Macedonia, losing that late goal against Ukraine is going to possibly cost them a place uh, in the European Championships.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the only the only poor performance, and actually, wasn't such poor performance that I'll forgive them is. And arguably, they can take any match where they didn't win and say that's that's led to the situation they're in. But they did, mm. I think, come back from two nil down to draw two um away to Macedonia two weeks after the two days after the November attacks. And I think that was a really yeah, underrated yeah. result because a bunch of kids far away from home after that that happened. I think I don't think people made enough fuss about yeah. what a ballsy performance that was. But in general, it's really frustrating because yeah, again, it was the same as you know last time with the playoff with all the Kazawa stuff against Sweden. That on paper, those, I mean, to an extent, you can almost say at least half of those players could probably do an okay job if they were dropped into the first team. let alone the under twenty ones, so it's annoying. Yeah, but you can't at the same time from I, I kind of think you know if it means that a player like Kazawa gets his head down and sorts out his attitude and now is you know almost certainly first choice for the first team yeah. in the long run for France as a whole it's not such a bad thing and you know so they might not qualify but Yes,
0: yeah, perhaps if they, if they get too much if they get too much glory at kind of this stage maybe you don't get that progression But if you get the disappointment the setbacks you then fight back and become a better player exactly. possibly you
2: know you've got um, Rabiot is probably through the under-21s, like you said, has has sort of changed a lot of people's views of him. Um, Tolisso, Mm. you know, if nothing else, we found out now that he can also play as a number 10, which is good news maybe for France and for (laughs) Lyon. So it's not all bad, but it is frustrating because that that team or the last couple of teams should be really winning under-21 trophies, not, not struggling to qualify or failing to qualify. Yeah.
1: I think the with the the Ukraine game, it was a not quite a smash and grab. But when you look at the stats there, Ukraine had eight shots, four on target. France had fourteen, one on target, and that was it. Was just they they were shanking things all over the place. Whereas Toliso, that performance uh, in the Iceland game was really really reassuring. Obviously, the, the shots there were twenty one, nine on target much much better they were getting closer to goal they were making better chances Uh, the difference in the team there were only two changes as far as I can see in that against Ukraine it was Jean-Kevin Augustin and Lucas Hernandez who started and those yeah. were placed, oh, you got Jordan Amavi and Marcus Coco. And I thought Marcus Coco was, was great was against good. Iceland. It yeah. was like the Coco show because, of course, that's Taliso's uh, yeah. nickname as well. And he put in a real <laughs> captain's performance. But, yeah, Coco was, was great, um, really causing a lot of trouble. I thought the Icelandic goalkeeper actually had a very good game uh, despite letting two in he had an awful lot to deal with and did it very well so it's kind of one of those situations where they they made him look good even in even in defeat but yeah i mean the the permutations of the tables is ridiculous basically it's out of their hands they need macedonia um, and and or iceland to screw up quite badly to uh to, to stand a chance of getting through now yeah. part of me's thinking maybe it's better to go out now rather than have the hope and then the playoff and then the thing. <laughs> but it is, it is disappointing given the you know, the quality on show. Yeah, the quality they've got. But, you know, these things these things happen. But the last yeah. match will basically be meaningless because there's pretty much no way they can win the group unless everybody screws up very badly. Yeah. Um, but they should just go out there, do their best put the stamp on what could be the last game in this qualifying and see if somebody hands him a a chance to go further and if so then take that and be focused with it
2: Yeah,
0: they they do stand technically second out of the second place teams but Iceland do have two games in hand so that's where the The problems. Why know, You mentioned the so you mentioned that the stats and shots on goal, etc. There's a bit of a theme it seems running through the French national teams of yes creating a lot of shots, <laughs> uh, creating a lot of chances and failing to score. And this goes into the women's game yes, as well. Yes, this French is
1: French a, an team. article I think I've written about five times <laughs> about the French uh, women's teams. Um, basically, the same shots per game, whoever they're playing and yeah. the accuracy rate and the conversion rate crashing to the ground if they're playing anybody in the top 20. Um, it's, it is something that, you know, is it, a, is it a national thing? I don't know. But it does seem that, I think it's because they're attack-minded, they want to go for it, and they do go for it. But then when you come up against a decent defense, when you're pushed back, you're taking shots from further out, from worse positions mm. so you might have the same shots per game but they are nowhere near the the, the, quality, the quality of so, yeah. chances that you need and so I think that's something that does appear to be a bit of a theme across a lot of uh, you know as you say the French national teams I think we've also seen it with the Lyon women's team who of course are basically <laughs> the French are national the French team. <laughs> but they've done yeah. the same thing you know they're dominant 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 and then oh dear decent defense problems so it's it it, it is something i think in a sense it's not a really bad thing because they are trying they are being creative they are trying to make chances it's just maybe a little bit more um measurement um and realization that you're being pushed back and having a plan b of what to do in that situation instead of having rafael around taking a, a Wang at it for 40 yards, which is or
0: Pogba or everyone else, yeah, yeah. you know, because it's not. I think there used to be that boost have that worry of who the next big sort of striker that was going to come through the French ranks. And so, we've got Giroud Benzema possibly waiting to come back. And I suppose if you look at the youth team, Jeremy, yeah. I mean, there's someone is a, a, Sebastian Haller I'm still not 100% mm. convinced by the same as Babic was the same, Jes. I've got. Augustan's probably the one that we're probably thinking, but then I've heard that Unai Emery's not convinced by him either. And Is is it going to be a problem at some point just bringing through this next international-class striker that is going to sort of turn these chances into goals? Um,
2: yeah, I think it is a problem. I think um, generally, there are obviously exceptions, but generally, certainly in... in in the, in club football but in international football as well it helps a lot to have a, a proven goal scorer that you can rely on for a lot of goals um, I mean the comfort for France I suppose is that the two greatest and most successful France teams didn't have strikers but then they had two of yeah. the greatest players of all time <laughs> and uh, while, that does while help. I like <laughs> a lot of France's players at the moment they're not quite at that level yet um,
0: they're, they're very very good at creating these sort of wide forwards or sort of wingers that become forwards like Griezmann, Lacazette these kind of guys we have them in abundance so you can't move for those kind of forwards missing that so and we we got a lot of traffic off the Giroud tweet about how many goals he scored but again he's not quite at that elite level and that's what I think is probably missing from bringing it all together
2: possibly I mean I still think that if you've got those other players, then Giroud is a decent player because he'll score goals, but he mm-hmm. can also serve as the pivot and serve as someone to hold mm-hmm. the ball up and knock it down to others. I, do, I don't necessarily um, entirely buy this, this argument that he's uh, sort of shouldn't be in the team because he's not one of the best out-and-out oh, no. out strikers. No. Um, but I suppose all these other players, because they're not... Absolutely out and out, they're gonna have maybe more off days or be slightly less clinical than than you know, the, the name that always springs to mind as someone who does nothing for eighty nine minutes and then pops up with a goal is always always used to be Jimmy Greaves, that kind of person who you know if he gets yeah. the chance the ball will be in the back of the net. Just yeah. one chance, yeah. Um although Giroud did score with his only chance against Italy. But <laughs> doesn't count, friendly. Um it means nothing. It means also it means nothing. It's a it's a concern, but you know they got to the final with the Euros like that, um, and I do think Lacazette yeah. can, could be that player. I do think Augustin can be. I don't mm. think Hala can be. Mm. Yeah,
1: no. Mbappe.
2: Uh, one
0: team. I more know he's a yeah. wide forward, isn't it? And he's a wide forward again. Oh, it's <laughs> they've got loads of them. Uh, one team who is doing very well at the moment without a player recognised goal scorer, is Gangomp, who are technically uh, depending on what table you look at, top of Lee 1 and I, I think they changed their their profile to top of Lee 1 for at least the next like two weeks because international break, fair play to them and Philippa, it's great that we've got you on because they play at home to Montpellier at the weekend, oh dear. as Lee 1 gets back <laughs> it's, it's, I mean Mustafa Diallo uh, has been great was even nominated for one of the player Poy- of the month candidates which I don't think has ever happened before. Uh we mentioned then at the preview this uh, the, the good mixture of youth and experience and what can Combawari do and he seems to have got them off to a bit of a flyer. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it, it is very early obviously we have only we're only 3 in. Um and they've been very Sort of organised and uh, showing the same kind of uh, vim that we saw when they were in the kind of the their Europa League um, mm. campaign a, a couple of seasons ago, you know. But they've played. Uh, looks obviously there was the Monaco game where, you know, they went up and were pegged back. More, yeah. Then. They beat Marseille, which was great, and then they beat Nancy. Now they're coming to Montpellier, a club which is basically two injuries away for asking for volunteers from the stands. <laughs> it's, this This could be an interesting one. I mean, I think they're, they're going to ride this, they're going to enjoy this as much as they can. Um,
0: and the atmos- atmosphere is going to be great yeah. there. The league leaders pretty much...
1: I mean, I think the you know that that tweet they sent out we're top of the league for two weeks. You know, it, that shows their self awareness, which I think is important. Yeah. It's like when Angers were top of the league after game one last season, and they were like, "Yay!" Um, no, it shows that they're not not that they're not taking it seriously they're not taking themselves too seriously they're yeah. just right we're here we are going to be a problem and I'm sure they will be a problem at the, the weekend um so you know it's going to be going to be an interesting one I think but uh, Montpellier have been weakened in the transfer window and so I think you know this this could well be a home win. I hate to say it, unless something something magical happens. But you know, Gamgong are giving it giving it a good go, and uh, you know they're a very good organised team, and they've got a good, very good manager who knows what he's about. He's not going to let anything get to to anybody's heads. You know, he's going to yeah. make sure everybody keeps their feet on the ground, and and hopefully their their players on the pitch, and all of those important kind of things like that.
0: Jeremy, we've got PSG and Etienne on Friday, which can usually be a tight game, a good game, unless PSG score five really quickly, <laughs> which is disappointing. But Gangwon must must fancy themselves on Saturday to kind of make it sort of four wins from four, surely?
2: On paper, I'd say it's probably the no fence to fill, but it's prob should be the easiest of their four matches so far. I mean, arguably <laughs> Marseille in the state they're in or we in, certainly when they played oh, yeah. there. But, um, you know, despite their poor start, Nossi away isn't straightforward. And obviously, you know, they'll be, in a way, they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't go on and beat Monaco away, which would have been a fantastic result. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the form they're in, and with home advantage, you should be expecting them to win that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, is there anyone else that's impressed you? I've, I've wrote down, obviously, Janis Saliba, who are nobody you got... Look at started well. Then the experienced guy, Sorbonne, Brion, Privat. Anyone else that's. Uh, from what I've right? seen, the left back, it's... Marcel, he looks good. Yeah, I've not seen enough of him. But he's, he seems to have started the season really, really well. Do we know
2: anything about him at all? I really don't, I'll be honest. I think he's Brazilian, I think he might be on loan from somewhere Yes, he's,
1: yes. <laughs> he is. Man. He is Brazilian. Um, excellent uh, yeah i mean
0: uh, i know he's tw- i know he's 27 that's pretty <laughs> much all i've got yeah
1: i he madeira he was at madeira uh previously so he was in portugal rather than brazil but who knows um i think uh you, we've seen little bits of ludovic blast and i think that's that's good because he's a really promising player and obviously marcus Coca yeah. who i was going on about earlier um another you know really promising young talent so that's uh that's good i mean obviously i will be hating watching this match because they <laughs> probably will beat uh beat montpellier but uh, you know i think they they look good they look balanced um yeah. there does appear to be a bit of a gap in the in the kind of mid 20s range uh they've got quite a lot of youngsters <laughs> and quite a lot of uh, 30 plus to a certain extent, but they seem to be making it work and that's that's great. And obviously Thibaut Jurass is still still around, so that's lovely.
0: The big game this weekend is on Sunday night. It's a Nice against Marseille, the Allianz Riviera. Possibly Mario Balotelli's debut. What what a game to have a debut in that's gonna be A bit of a fiery one, but but no Marseille fans allowed in. No, as
1: as last year, the local prefecture has uh, put a a ban on travelling fans, uh, regardless of what they're wearing. Uh, This happened last year as well. I think the result was 1-1 then. Uh, Nice have uh, sweetly therefore put the uh, away Section tickets on sale to their fans with a note saying, "Please note some seats have limited visibility due to plexiglass," which tells you a bit about how uh, traveling fans are caged in, possibly. So yeah, it's what's, it's what's going to gonna, be what's interesting. Going to stop,
0: what what is really going to stop the Marseille fans buying home tickets? So they did this. I remember I went to Lille the first Marseille Lille game went to, it and there was a couple of thousand marseille fans in the Lille support because oh, yeah. that because because they lived in northern france and obviously nice isn't exactly the biggest journey is the train ride away. No, I'm,
1: I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure. It's like uh, the the season after, obviously, the the Casti incident at Montpellier, when, when Saint-Etienne came back to Montpellier, half the neutral stand was the Saint-Etienne fans because the the away <laughs> stand was shut. And bless them, they kept out of the way and when they scored the the winning goal, actually apologised to me and said, if we could be in the away end, we would be. Um, would, but yeah. we're, we're kind of just turned up in civvies and, and bought neutral tickets. I think the fact is that if Nice can obviously sell out or get close to it, then obviously it's much less difficult than buying, buying a ticket for, for, for Moisson. Yeah. So yeah, I think what we're, in a sense, it's sad because a couple of uh, uh, Marseille's last away game, was that Nantes? I think... Uh, Gangon
0: and... Yeah, right, ga- yeah. Gangon. They had a
1: really, really impressive away support. They were loud. They, they, they always were have. No, this was yeah. particularly big from from the look of the TV pictures that they seem to be really, really going for it to, to try to support the team, all of the upheaval they've had, etc. So, you know, this this will be an issue, but, you know, the players, uh, OM, seem to have just about settled down to have an actual starting eleven nice have got these potentially we're going to see balotelli maybe belhanda for the first time it could be great i'm looking forward to seeing belhanda back in the league even if he's playing not for for montpellier (laughs) because he's a he's a wonderful player he's a a really wonderful player who didn't get a lot to do at kiev i think all on loan in the bundesliga last season so i'm looking forward to him hoping he gets the kind of ben arthur renaissance revival um at Nice.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's what they're hoping for from, from both of them, Jez. Uh, are you excited to see Balotelli? Was, he's been a bit of a, a bit of a failure since, well, since when out forever forever. Uh, this, this could be his last chance, and I wrote an article uh, for Unibet about it saying, like, if he scores 10 goals, everyone will be like, yeah, well, it's Lee Gunn. Of course he can score 10 goals. If he doesn't score at all, obviously he's going to get slated. He's going to have to get like 20, 25, 30 for anyone to sort of take notice uh, well, well, it must be a little bit exciting to see what what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't wait to see it. I think there's always going to be people who look down on on Legan and say, "Well, it's only Legan but you know, we've been through it enough times." Falcao, and Cavani, it hasn't, it's never been plain sailing for them at all. Um, so, you know, I think if he gets into double figures, it will probably be well received anywhere. But I think a lot of it with mm. him is is people be looking more towards his attitude and what he brings in general rather than necessarily yeah um putting the ball at the back of the net. Um I think it's gonna be great fun. I think you know so far it looks like his his behaviour has been impeccable. Um and you know the 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 club have rallied round. I didn't actually see what it was but I saw something about Nice trolling Jamie Carragher after he sent the those tweets yeah. insulting Balotelli <laughs> the other day. Um yeah, The last thing I saw well was Cargo said good luck winning
0: the Ballon d'Or and Nice, I've not seen, I don't know what Nice's response was to that, I, I didn't see after that but yeah it's there's, there's no reason for them to sort of shy down, they need to play up to this, they need to use this to their advantage the more publicity that Ligue can get away from teams like Paris Saint-Germain, the better it raises the profile and that's what he's going to do I just hope that he can make more headlines of what he does on the pitch than anything that happens off it because there'll be as big a spotlight on that as there will be anything he does uh, in an East
2: Jersey I think even even the, um, the stuff off the pitch has been a bit disappointing the last year or two so if he's going to get headlines for stuff off the pitch I'd, I'd just, at least I'd want him to go back to his Man City days and do some really spectacular stuff <laughs>
0: possibly uh What are we thinking of Marseille? Because Phil mentioned they're kind of stabilised a little bit. It it seems it's a very... Because I'm going there in, what, eight days going to Marseille on next weekend. And I was potentially possibly thinking about getting the Marseille jersey again, but there's really no one in that team that excites me enough to even think about getting on the back of a jersey. There's not a very exciting team at the moment, are they?
2: I think, you know, they got their win against Lorient and Cabela looked okay, there mm. were sort of a few green shoots there, but it was against Lorient, who were in a real funk at the moment, so I'm not sure too much can be read into that. A, and, yeah. and
1: and I think w- when I said stabilised, I meant that they actually appear to have <laughs> recruited sufficiently to be able to field people in position, rather than <laughs> I'm not sure that the, the recent takeover you know, all of the stories about that guy and, and what's going on there are yeah. worrying. It looks like uh, uh, Margarita's has been using the, the club website as her blog to claim poverty and various <laughs> other things like that. I, I don't I don't think the behind-the-scenes stuff has, you know, sorted itself out very much, but on the pitch, they do appear to have something approaching a plan and an actual squad. And you know, that's good. And I'd say get Cabela on the back of your shirt again. I've
0: already, I've already got Cabela, yeah. That's, oh, I don't know. Clinton and G. He's with Clinton. It's got to be
2: Doria, out. I think. <laughs> uh, no. I think uh, Diara, <laughs> Diara, by all accounts, the quicker he gets shipped out, the better. Because it sounds like Marseille fans are not impressed whatsoever. Yeah, I, was,
0: I, was he didn't. I was surprised he didn't go. I'm surprised he's still there.
2: Uh, I'm not sure what other windows are still. With open. the Galatasaray yeah. rumours about his demands are true. I'm not surprised he's still there. And that. Yeah, and like, the,
1: what was yeah. it the 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 Monaco guy actually coming out and blithely saying, "Oh yeah, he got he we he rang us that. and asked to come over." I and mean, like we don't know when exactly <laughs> that happened, but if it was yeah. recent, then that's not good. But and he's probably as
2: know. popular as Sissoko would be at Everton.
0: <laughs> that, that puts it into context. Tafa, uh, I really, I'm really hoping for a nice, uh, a nice win on. I don't, I don't know actually, because I want, I want Marseille to be in a fairly good position for the Lyon game, so that people actually turn up and I'm not sat by myself at the Velodrome. Uh, but I do want to see Nice do really well with Balotelli with belonda so maybe a free straw would probably appease both sets. Uh, anything else catching your eye this weekend, Jez?
2: Um... Let me stall while I get the full fixture list up. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm I'm
1: looking forward to Bastia versus Toulouse being um hopefully chaos. Uh <laughs> just you know, both yeah. teams have got that in them. Uh so I think that might be Especially might be quite fun. Aura, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm not looking forward to Lyon Monaco at all no. cuz I think we make it a bit of a dune. Uh, yeah. I think Lyon Le- Bordeaux Ch- could
2: be good cuz Bordeaux have had a kind of very up and down season so far. Lyon looked fantastic first couple of matches completely imploded against Dijon and unless it's just sort of filling space during international breaks their keep have kind of been covering quite a lot how there's a lot of tension in Lyon at the moment. So I, they've got a fantastic home record, but it'll be interesting to to see which Lyon turns up, and which Bordeaux mm. in that one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the one to avoid this weekend is probably Angers-Dijon. I think that's one to get a bit of a, a wide berth. Yeah, that is uh, not unless... one
1: for the both teams to score bet, I, I'd <laughs> definitely say. Definitely not.
0: Yeah, you probably get good odds, but I really don't think it will happen. Both teams not to score—that's the reason what you'd go for. Uh, we will have our betting selections uh, up on Friday. Uh, I forgot to check how we did. Actually, I
2: really should have checked that before. Shouldn't uh, I, know. I did badly. I, I got one. I got a score and that was it.
1: However, I did win a, a tenor on Daniel Congre, uh scoring, <laughs> which was actually a mistake uh laying the bet, but you know it worked out so fair enough.
2: It was a lovely goal as well.
1: Yeah. He he's got that in his locker.
0: So basically when you when you read our bet predictions, go for the complete opposite of what we've gone for. That's that's the safe that's the safe bet to make. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and on that bombshell, we'll (laughs) call it a night. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Check the website, com. We're on Twitter, French FT Weekly. The podcast is on iTunes and on SoundCloud, which will link to be on the website when it's published. Uh, Thanks for listening. From me, Jez, and Philippa, it's goodbye for now.